0: Dear friends in Christ, this weekend we are very much reminded of our town's heritage, our cultural heritage here in Story City, and the various traditions that we hold dear because of that heritage. When we see the Scandinavian flags flying, or the women wearing their Scandinavian dresses, or or eating the Scandinavian foods, we remind us of the impact of that heritage upon all of us. Some years ago, McDonald's even served Kringla on their menu, and that shows the impact of the, the heritage that we uh, celebrate this weekend. It all draws attention to uh, our community and to that heritage, and it's a joy to celebrate, even if we are not of that Scandinavian background. We can still celebrate together together. Uh, that heritage that uh, uh, we look back and see how what an impact the early pioneers of this community had and are continuing to have it 's also a joy to be reminded of the things that enhance our spiritual heritage when we sing our our hymns, some uh, newer hymns, some older hymns, we recite our ancient creeds and and uh, have prayers together and experience the word and the sacraments, we are stepping in, uh, into that, that uh, spiritual heritage that we all sometimes take for granted that goes back thousands of years. Now, since we are having two baptisms today, and we are joining with the sixth graders for the first time t- together with them and their families for uh, the Lord's Supper... I thought it would be appropriate that we uh, talk about the very important things that happen so often in our congregation, the, the sacrament of holy baptism and the sacrament of holy communion. Of course, these two sacraments are a result of God's instruction, first to Israel many, many centuries ago, and then to Christ, who instructed his disciples on how to, uh, to gather together for these celebrations. We, we know in the Old Testament that God spelled out to Moses in intricate detail how worship was to happen with the Mosaic Covenant. Jesus himself followed this same procedure as he worshipped in the synagogues in Galilee during his three years of ministry. Jesus gave instructions to his disciples in the Great Commission at the very end of his ministry to go all into the world, into every nation, and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He also instituted the Lord's Supper into the liturgy of the early church, which basically followed the format of the Jewish practice of the Passover, but enhanced it in a different way. Now, under the covenant of Moses, God carefully spelled out to the Israelites the kinds of offerings and sacrifices that they were to bring before God. And these sacrifices were meant to impress upon the people that it was through God alone that forgiveness can be offered. It doesn't depend on the power of anybody else. It's God alone that can do that in our lives. And the two major ceremonies connected with the Mosaic Covenant revolved first around circumcision and then the the feast of the Passover. Through circumcision, one became a, a member of the congregation of Israel. It was a It it was how you entered into that family. But Jesus had other plans on how Christians were to enter the Christian community as distinguished from the Jewish community, and that was through the sacrament of holy baptism. There was to be now a new kind of circumcision, a circumcision of the heart, of the heart as a person sins, are washed away initially in baptism. And then we move on to the roots of the Lord's Supper. Participation in the annual feast of Passover reminded the Israelites year after year that it was God who had delivered them from slavery in Egypt. But now Jesus, through his atoning sacrifice on the cross, brought about a fundamental change to the covenant relationship. No longer was the Passover lamb slain to commemorate God's deliverance of the people from slavery because now a much greater event was about to take place that would, that would pale in insignificance to the mere deliverance of a certain people from physical bondage. It was so much greater so Jesus instituted these, these two sacraments to reflect a, a total new reality. One to represent entrance into the body of Christ and our initial cleansing from sin. And then the other one, as we are celebrating here this morning, where Jesus reminds us in a continu- continuing way that I am with you always to the end of the world, here each day to save you from your sins. Both baptism and communion were designed to reflect that change reality. Baptism reflects our union with Christ, and communion reflects our continuing communion with him each day of our lives. Now, when a person is baptized, as Bella was this morning, uh, a child or a person of any age that is baptized receives four gifts from the Lord. First of all, of course, the the, the initial sins that they have committed in their lives are, are washed away. And we see that as the water is poured on a, a child's head, that initial washing, that cleansing. And then... Throughout that person's life, as they get older and they continue to sin, they feel guilty about their sins. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sins. It's that gnawing feeling that we need to go to Jesus and take care of those things instead of walking around with that, that guilt. The Holy Spirit convicts them and drives us or, or encourages us back to go back to Jesus who can forgive our sins. The Holy Spirit also gives us power to live our Christian lives. When we feel weak, when we say to ourselves, I can't handle this or I can't do that, it's the Holy Spirit that we were given in baptism that gives us the strength to go on. And then thirdly, in baptism, of course, we receive the promise of eternal life, that if anything happens to this person who is baptized, we know for sure that uh, that person will be in heaven with Jesus. That is why he died on the cross, and that's what we celebrate also in baptism. And then finally, the, the gift of belonging. You know, as I mentioned before, circumcision for the Jewish people provided entrance into the nation of Israel, but baptism provides entry into the family of God. We now belong. Uh, Bella belongs to this particular congregation now, but she also belongs to the worldwide family of God. And it's a treasure to know, whether we're young or whether we're older, that we too, when we were baptized, became a member of God's family. And we have millions and millions of brothers and sisters all over the world. And we are brothers and sisters because we have the same Heavenly Father, and we celebrate that Every time a child's baptized and every time we reflect on our own baptism and we thank the Lord and celebrate those four gifts that were given. Now, if we want to grow in our relationship with Christ, we need spiritual sustenance on an ongoing basis, just like we need to eat every day. Otherwise, we get kind of weak or maybe even get sick. In our gospel text today that Gloria read for us, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Do you see what Jesus is saying there? His presence uh, nourishes us, and we receive that presence, that, that body in, with, and under the bread and the wine. Now, Jesus says he is our spiritual food. And the Lord's Supper, then, is to be a veritable flow of life And nourishment into our very beings from Christ himself using the gifts that we have received in baptism now you see here the connection sometimes we forget the connection between baptism and Holy Communion what we receive in baptism you see is enhanced every time we come up for Holy Communion so today we began our service with a confession of sin. Why? Because we know we all sin, and this is corporate confession of sin. We can ask forgiveness every day individually, but on this particular Sunday, we together remind each other that we need Christ's forgiveness. And so that's a part of what we receive as we take Holy Communion, a reminder that we indeed are forgiven of our sins as we have confessed them. And then secondly when you receive the bread and the wine, you are nourished. You are given strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to live out your Christian life. Just like you get weak when you don't eat at home. So now we are refreshed with this meal this morning. So we are given strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to continue on. And then we are reminded of the gift of eternal life too. We have that image that in heaven there will be a great table with Christ as the head at the head and we will be nourished and strengthened by his presence and that feast that we can celebrate together as the body of Christ in our heavenly home. When we receive the body and blood of Christ it's a little foretaste, a little appetizer of what the great feast will be like in our heavenly home, and it reminds us of that promise of eternal life. And then finally, the gift of belonging. We do not come up for communion one at a time. We come up as the family of God here at Emmanuel. We are in that gift of belonging that we experienced in baptism now. We are reminded of that, that we are a part of God's family, even if you're not a member here, we, we celebrate that you are here because we are all members of Christ's body, no matter what particular congregation we belong to. Four gifts in baptism, four gifts in Holy Communion, and I hope that helps as you come forward this morning to remember a little bit about what we celebrate as we think about those gifts Christ has given us. When I come up for Holy Communion, I think about that bread and that wine flowing not only through my digestive system, but flowing through every part of my being, body, mind, and spirit. And I hope that as you receive the elements each time you take communion, you'll think of... Christ Himself flowing through your body, and if you're not feeling so good, if you need uh, healing, if you if you're feeling weak spiritually or whatever your need may be, think about those elements flowing through your body and enhancing your life in every dimension. Well, just like the Israelites of old, who sacrificed and ate the Passover lamb, we come before God today with our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ himself. Jesus presents himself to the Father as our sacrificial lamb. And we celebrate that today as well. We come to the communion table. And we don't come proclaiming how much faith we have or our godliness. No, we come proclaiming the death of Christ who through his Atoning work has replaced our sinfulness with His boundless grace. We don't deserve this supper, but He gives it to us anyway. And it's only by His grace that we can come forward. And so when we come forward, we put out our empty hands to receive the bread and the wine, symbolizing the fact that we bring nothing in ourselves. And into those empty hands, we receive the very body and blood. Of Christ himself. The story is told about a man who was confined to a wheelchair who was to be baptized during the worship service. And while he and the pastor were waiting in a side room for the baptism hymn to be done, the pastor asked this man in the wheelchair if he could have one wish, what would it be? Of course, the pastor assumed that the man would say, If I had one wish, I wish I could uh, walk again. But the pastor was surprised when the man said that if I had one wish, I would celebrate the fact that I already have the answer to that wish. And it's Jesus Christ, the greatest thing I could ever wish for. And today I'm being baptized into his name. Do you realize the tremendous gift that Christ is giving a child when a child's baptized? And what he has given us, too, we who have been baptized here? It's Jesus himself. If you have been baptized, the question today to ask ourselves. Have I and am I continuing to experience the fulfillment of that wish in my life, too? And have, have I met Jesus in a personal way and committed my life to him? Every time there's a baptism, we need to ask ourselves, I believe, those questions. Where am I in my baptized life in Christ? You see, Jesus wants a very close and personal relationship with us. And part of the way we accept that invitation of his is to participate in the two sacraments of the new covenant. Entering into that relationship through holy baptism initially and then continuing that relationship through holy communion. I pray that today you may always cherish these special gifts that enhance our Christian heritage. Amen.